Hello and welcome to the Yacht Ray Podcast. If you have an interest in real estate, this is the pod for you. I am Yacht Ray and my goal is to pull back the curtain and share with everyone what the real estate business really consists of, not just what you see on television shows. I'm based out of Metro Atlanta, but through the course of this adventure, I will bring in guests from around the country. My goal here is to entertain you and maybe even add some value to your life. So enough with the pleasantries, let's get into it. Today's pod is going to be about the reality of flipping and making money on investment properties. HDTV makes it look so easy, right? So to walk us through what's doable and not so doable, we have Jay Vetter Manning with us. She's a very accomplished realtor that focuses most of her work with helping investors inside the perimeter of Atlanta. Thank you, Jay, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Jay, you're probably the most plugged in agent I know that works with investors. Can you share with me what your client base is composed of? Are they mostly entrepreneurs or corporations? Who, who are you working with? So currently, uh, my typical client is an individual who buys and holds real estate. They own 12 or less properties, single family uh, properties that we rent out. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what does it take to be, let's just call it a legitimate investor, particularly in this, this marketplace that we're in? Um, so you have to have a little bit of cash to invest in. Um, currently, we're finding problems with financing. Um, their investor loans are not readily available. But in a normal market, um, if you have, say, twenty-five dollars to $40,000 cash, uh, you can get a property, cash flow it, and make a great return on your investment. Gotcha. So when somebody buys that piece of property, they're looking to put maybe the 10, 20% down. Correct, then, 20% down. Usually investor loans are 20% down. Right, and, and the interest rates on those will be typically higher than a first home. A second home is gonna be what? What are they looking at right now? Um, can't, quote, can't quote a rate. Sure. Um, right now, rates are very high because um, these type of loans, Fannie Mae doesn't wanna buy them on the, on the secondary market. Right, so they are more expensive though. They are more expensive. Gotcha, gotcha. So how competitive is this market right now? So the problem right now is inventory. Uh, there's not a lot of inventory. Prices are up, just like prices in the retail market are up. Um, you don't get a property cheaper because it's going to be a rental property. Mm -hmm. So um, prices on the, I, I say prices on the front end are up. Typically, like in the last several years, I, we could purchase something for fifty to seventy-five thousand um, and get. 1100 to 1350 a month rent. Now we're paying 110 to 135 for those same properties getting max 1450 a month rent. Wow. Wow. And what is going back to what you're the typical investor you work with? How how big are their portfolios? Is it usually, you know, one or two houses or is it do they own, you know, 15 to 20? What are you what are uh, So the the people that I'm working with, um, I have one gentleman, he owns 12. Um, I have some guys out of Hong Kong and they own under 10 each. Um, so my typical buy and hold investor right now is um, they have less than probably 10 homes. Okay. Okay. Now when it comes to investing, investing in properties, there's a ton of different business models and you kind of ran through some of those. Some people buy them and then renovate them and resale. 
Sometimes you, you buy them and then you rent them and then some people buy them, they hold them for a certain amount of time and then they resell them and then you can blend the three of those in a way, whatever makes sense for you. You had mentioned one of your business models is, is what now? What are most people doing with their investment properties? So the typical investor I'm working with right now, they're buying and holding. So some buy, renovate, and then hold, but we purchase in rapidly appreciating areas. So we purchase in places where other investors are going in and flipping. So typically retail comps at that point are maybe in the 300s. And these are $100,000 investments. So we buy, we hold for five to 10 years, and then we sell, either renovate and sell or sell. Um, so the cash flow is great. They get their money back that they spent on acquisition, and then they make a profit similar to what a flipper would. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's talk specifically about Atlanta for a moment. What would you tell the everyday person in Atlanta that has a little extra money in their pocket that wants to get in real estate investing? Generally speaking, where in the marketplace would be their best opportunity? So I wouldn't flip a home. Um, it is not for the faint of heart. And we can talk about flipping um, a little later. I would buy in the city of Atlanta. Um, we sectionate our properties. Uh, city of Atlanta, um, the Atlanta Housing Authority, they pay very well. Um, we don't have to chase tenants down for rent. So typically, like, for I have an example of a transaction. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Say there's a home on a market, and we usually do three bedrooms. Um, bath count is not important. So say three bedroom, one bath house, and we paid $125,000 for it. This investor would have had to put $25,000 down. Um, the payment on that, including taxes, insurance, is about $623 a month. Add in the property management fees, and I just estimated at 8%, is $108 a month. So... Your costs are $9.19 a month. If you're getting $13.50 a month rent, which would be typical rent that Atlanta Housing pays, your cash flow is $4.31 a month. So in a year, uh, your return on your investment is about a little over $5,000. Now you remember you spent $25,000 of your own cash. That's a 20% return on your money. It's excellent. Right, right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I know finding these properties is really the hard part. I mean, that's why people, you know, people work with you. You get it because you're able to kind of find, you have the connections to be able to locate these opportunities for people. I hear all these kind of crazy stories where, hey, if you don't show up to the courthouse with a suitcase full of cash, you don't have enough. You just, you won't be able to acquire these properties. Is that, I mean, is it almost that crazy here with the, with the, just the, the small amount of inventory? So there's different ways you can find inventory. Showing up at the courthouse steps probably isn't the way. What happens on those properties, the banks that are foreclosing on them, buy them. Or a very large hedge fund has somebody there with suitcases of cash and they buy everything. Right. So a typical investor, you're not going to get a deal at the courthouse steps. As a matter of fact, on a foreclosed property, you're not going to get a deal. Um, the banks now know they can get above market on foreclosures and that's what they're selling them for. Without giving away your secret sauce, how do you go about finding these for, for your clients? 
Well, I'm on a lot of wholesalers lists, mm -hmm. which is a, a whole nother puppy. Right. Um, wholesalers, unfortunately, um, they're almost like contractors in Atlanta. There's wholesalers that um, say they're direct to seller, they're not direct to seller, and they're attempting to sell these properties above market price. So you have to like weed through the wholesalers that are on the up and up. Mm -hmm. um, and you just know your numbers in your areas. So I know, for example, Mosley Park is a hot spot in Atlanta. Um, houses on the market as is are probably 150, 170. So if you bring me a property in Mosley Park at 200 and plus thousand dollars um, as a wholesaler, we're not jumping on it. Because at the end of the day, it's the acquisition costs plus the cost of repairs, plus the holding costs, mm -hmm. how much money am I going to make on that back-end number? Mm -hmm. and, and I think this transition in this, I, I know, that, let's talk about what we see on television all the time. I know we all have these visions of granders. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this kind of rundown house because I see it all the time on television. I'm going to inject a lot of money in there. And, you know, hey, what was $125,000, I put $60,000 and then I sell it for two fifty. dollars I mean, television makes it look that easy. Uh, you just hit on something. The hardest part in that may not be the renovation, in renovation. It's finding the property that has enough margin for you to be able to sell it and make money. Is that not correct? I mean, the... It's correct, but it's even one step further. Okay. You have to already be working with contractors that know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Have your best interests at heart. So somebody can say, oh, it's only going to be 60000 to renovate this thing. That 60000 might turn into 120000 mm -hmm. So if your margin was that tight, it's not going to work. Right. Um, so finding a great contractor, and they're not going to be the cheapest one. If you go with the cheapest one, you're going to end up paying double because they're not going to finish the, pro they're not going to finish the project. Um, so you need to look, so if you're, if I'm looking on MLS and I see houses say in the 300s and then I see some as is houses in the low 100s, that's something we probably can work with. Um, $100,000 renovation after all is said and done and the comps are in the 300s, um, that works. But you also have to have a contractor that does good work just because the comps are great. Mm -hmm. If your product is not great, you're not going to get that money. Um, that, you know, it looks like, oh, but I have a 3-2 and it's 1,500 square feet and it's beautiful. The other thing is some investors only do cosmetic renovations. Mm -hmm. They don't replace the roof, the right. systems. I call it the not so pretty stuff, which is the expensive stuff. So if you have a beautiful house and you have hardwoods and granite and stainless steel and all of these great things, but the plumbing is from 1920 or the electrical is from 1950 or the roof needs replaced, you're not going to get your number that you're looking for on the back end. Right. So you really, I mean, when somebody works with you, it's not necessarily just buying a house. I mean, you're, you're helping them line up the people to help them fix it and everything else. Like what, what kind of services do you bring to the table? So when you're working? I don't provide contractors. Right. Um, on our property management houses, I provide contractors and maintenance. Um, they can use my people or not. Mm. The problem is, um, so early on I used to bring contractors, but once I bring them in, then I'm responsible mm -hmm. for right. their work product. I'm responsible for their 
work ethic. There's a whole bunch of things that I take on responsibility. Number one, because that's what type of business I do. But number two, I have to sell this thing on the back end. Mm -hmm. So there have been instances where I personally had to pay for uh, some repairs and some things because the contractor took the money and ran. And you're just not willing to take on that lot of uh, no, responsibility. Well, I don't blame you. What is the best way if somebody wants to contact you about investing? What's the best way they can get in touch with you? You can shoot me a text 404-566-1933 or you can hit me on Facebook. It's J-J-A-I, Vetter, V as in Victor, E-T-T-E-R, Manning, M-A-N-N-I-N-G. Well, Jay, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk with us, and I'm sure this information will be helpful to some of our listeners. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you have any real estate questions for me or any of my guests, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Facebook at North Atlanta Homes or at my website at yachtrealty.com. Have a great week, and again, thanks for listening to the Yacht Ray Podcast.